0: Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. Good morning. It is good to see you guys. I hope you're having a great weekend. It's a huge honor to have you here today if you're a guest with us this morning and just thank you so much for being here and um, you know, I want to take a moment, and uh, before we get into our teaching today, and just talk to you about next weekend. How many of y'all know what next weekend is? It's Mother's Day, yes. Some of the men in here are going, what, what, what? We don't know what, what. <laughs> Ladies, this was your moment to go, it is Mother's Day, and I need to be honored, right? Amen. All the mamas in here, listen, we love you. We're going to be giving away toasters next weekend, (laughs) vacuum cleaners, the 2017 Swiffer package delight. Some of y'all don't know what a Swiffer is, but man, mamas, we love you, and we are, are looking forward to next weekend. It's going to be a huge weekend for us. You know, a lot of you may not know this, but... Mother's Day is our third largest weekend here at Creekwood. A lot, a lot of people show up on that weekend, and uh, man, rightly so. It is a big day, big weekend for us as we honor moms. And man, we just want to invite all of you to be sure and be here uh, next weekend. And one big thing that we're asking everyone, if possible, if, if you can and you see, you know what, and Saturday night would be great for us to be able to go to uh, service and then be able to go out to dinner or you're like, let you know, whatever your schedule is, but you could work out Saturday night, it would be a big help for us to be able to make room. Most people that visit, uh, Creekwood come on Sunday morning. And uh, so we're just, you know, man, this is all about us reaching people. And we... we we believe that God has called us to be kingdom-minded and that God's purpose and God's will for us is is that, man, more people might come to know Christ in this community, and that's our heart. And as pastor, I personally want to thank you for your flexibility, and, you know, I know a lot of times, man, you're like, you know what, I don't want to go on Saturday night or whatever, and and 930 may work for you or 11 o'clock may But um, being able to move over to Saturday night, it it helps us make room. And, you know, I said this last night at the 5 o'clock service, and, and I asked everybody, how many of you at first were skeptical about going to Saturday night, but now you love it? And, you know, so many people raised their hand, and they were like, man, we love Saturday nights. So if you haven't tried it, I want to encourage you. So, man, again, we've got a, a special uh, a guest speaker that you are going to love. She's an incredible speaker, and uh, just, man, it, I believe it's going to be a great weekend. So be sure that you're here next weekend. I want to get into our teaching today, and if you've got your Bibles, Isaiah 55 is our theme scripture for this series that we've entitled Uncharted. We're talking about the uncharted love of God and how oftentimes the way God works and the way God moves and the way that God loves us and his grace and all of these things, it's so hard for us to understand it. And in this series, um, you know, we've been talking about what most of the time we don't want to talk about or we think we can't talk, talk about in church is that a lot of times we have so many questions about what God is doing. And really, you know, uh, for a lot of us, the way we've been brought up, maybe in church, is like, you know what, you don't ever question God. You don't have, you know, it's not okay to express your doubts and concerns about what's going on in your life. It's just, you just act like everything's okay. And, and we're talking about this because I think that we're thinking about it. And I think it's important for us to look and see what the Bible says about the way that God works in our life. And the Bible says in Isaiah 55, verse 8, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You know what? Most of the time when I read a scripture like that that describes our God, I love that. Most of the time I love the fact that God is bigger than me. For, mo- for the most part, I love the fact that I serve a God that I can't comprehend or really understand that he is bigger than the sun, that he's bigger than the stars, that His He. He's omnipresent, omnipotent, that he is a just incredibly much, much bigger than we are. And the mystery and the, the majesty of God, it's incredible to think about. And I, I, I think all of us here, you know, we love the fact that we serve a God that is much bigger than us. That his ways are far beyond anything that we can imagine. But isn't it true that when it comes down to life and in your own life that you have a lot of ideas and a lot of suggestions for how God ought to work? That don't you believe that you could probably help God out and you want to go, God, I love that you're big and I love that you're all-knowing. I love that you're bigger than the stars. I love that you're bigger than the sun. But God, let me talk to you a little bit about the reality of my life. And here is how I want you to work. And this is what I want you to do. I think everybody here at one time or another, you've got certain parts of your life that you would love for God to to do it your way. And today I want to talk to you about this, this choice that every single one of us have. It's a big choice. And I think it's a decision, it's a choice that I believe every single one of us have to make every single day of our life in different areas of our life. And the decision or the choice that you've got to make is you got to decide when it comes to God, are you going to surrender your life or are you going to try to control your life? Are you going to try to control things or are you going to decide do you know what? I need to surrender my life. I need to surrender this area. You know, most of the time when you talk about this, you know, uh, in in man, you automatically think about how man we love to control our life, right? I mean, how many of you would raise your hand up high and say you love to be in control? Raise your hand. Come on, raise it up high. How many of you are sitting next to somebody that you want to jerk their hand up? <laughs> Because they are control freaks. If you're a control freak, I need you to take notes today. Because you are really driving us crazy. But you know, we all know who's in control at the house, right? (laughs) It's Mother's Day next week, y'all, okay. (laughs) Like, we all know who's in control in the home. And I, I, I... I saw this, and I heard about this yesterday, and some of y'all have heard me talk about that in my neighborhood, we have a celebrity, and um, th- this celebrity that lives in our neighborhood, he attends our church, and he, we've got a picture of him. Uh, this is Nate, and he lives in my neighborhood, and he's, like a, he's, he's a celebrity. And he says the funniest stuff, and, and, and I found out yesterday, this is a conversation that took place. He's a kindergartner. This is what he said to his dad on the way out the door. He said, tell mom I'll be at the playground. Dad said, you better ask her if that's okay first. And Nate said, aren't you a parent? <laughs> Can't you make decisions? <laughs> This is what Nate said to his dad. He said, aren't you a parent? Can't you make decisions around here? <laughs> I told y'all, he's a celebrity. And we, we have, like my wife has a special candy drawer at our house. He likes white chocolate pretzels from QT. He comes by the house and gets his, his candy, you know. But um, like we know who's in control, right? All of us love, and, and man, at a lot of homes, man, mama's in control. That's my wife right there. <laughs> and I, I'm telling you, my wife, go, I'm just going to go there. My wife loves to be in control of certain things. She, there are certain things she wants to control, like the laundry. My wife wants to control. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. She wants to control it. You know, the quickest way that I can make her mad is if I start to do laundry. She wants to do the laundry and she has a certain system on how everything is folded. Like the Pharisees in the Bible had 614 laws, my wife's got 620 about the laundry. It's it's folded it's done a certain way and this is the system. I don't care about the laundry. Like my wife also is very particular about the closet. Our master closet, we share a closet, and I'm just going to tell you, just so you kind of understand how I think. When we, my wife and I were engaged and, and really starting to get more and more serious, she came over to my house and and was walking around, seeing, you know, like walking. In, she opened up a, a room one time, and it was an empty room, and there was a big old pile of clothes on the floor. She said, "What is that?" I'm like, "Those are my clean clothes." If I need clothes, I go in there and I grab me a pair of shorts and a t-shirt. Can I hear an amen from anybody that's like that? You just throw it in there. You go in our closet. On one side, my wife's stuff is like she's got it color-coded. I mean, down to her sweaters are organized. My stuff's all piled up on the side. I got my little pile. So you can tell there's a little friction there. But she wants to control that. And I listen, I don't care about that. I don't want to control that. What I want to control is the remote control. <laughs> I, I, want to, I want to hold. Y'all listen to me. Y'all, y'all think I'm kidding. I don't really want to watch TV if I don't get to hold the remote. Because my wife doesn't do it right. She does not know how to operate that technology right. She's too slow with it. I, listen, I want to control the yard. I, I, love, I want my grass mowed a certain way, but isn't it true that we can all laugh and talk about things we love to control? And we we look at all these things, and it starts to kind of like you, you kind of get past the funny stuff into the serious stuff, and, man, we want to control certain aspects of our life. There are things that, that we look at our life, and we're trying to control this. And it's fun to talk about and joke about it, but do you know that really your control issue in your life is a much deeper issue than just a surface thing? That really what I want to show you today is that our need to control is a spiritual issue in our life. That this is a spiritual issue in our life that is going on that we want to control. See, I, I love to be in control. I like being in control of my life. There's lots of stuff, and we can, we've all got our list. But the problem is when it comes to the big things and the way life goes is that very rarely are we really in control of life. That things have a way of, of happening, and, and um, life just happens. Like, there's a lot of parents here that when your kids were little, you believed you could control how they were going to be, and I, I love the conversation that I, I, one of my favorite conversations is to have a conversation with a parent of a six or seven year old, especially men that are like saying, you know, when my daughter or my son grows up, they're not going to be like this, da, 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 and I'm like, yeah, right, I got a big old jug of shut up, you need to shut up, because <laughs> how many of you know when they turn 15, 16 years old, they change. And unless you tie them to the bed and you lock the door, you can't control them. And there has to come a moment in your life where you start to realize that there are a lot of things that are uncontrollable in our life that we have to be willing to surrender those things to God. In other words, we have to get to a place that We realize that, you know what, there are a lot of things I cannot control in my life. And I think a lot of us live a lot of stressed out lives. Because we are on a mission to try to control. Like, think about this. Can you really control your health? I mean, I know you can work out and drink all the nasty shakes and do all that stuff. You can do all those things. But isn't it true that, that, man, uh, there's people that are so healthy and they watch everything they do, they exercise, they eat right, and then all of a sudden you hear out of nowhere, hey, I, I just found out I have cancer. You can't control that. What about your budget? I mean, a lot of us love to be in control of our money and our budget, but, man, isn't it true that, you, that it, any moment something can break at your house and it's going to bust the budget? I mean we could go on your kids, your job, all these things we try to control those things. And the the word of 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 surrender it's almost like a dirty word for a lot of us in our culture because we're all about control. And actually getting to a place that we say I understand the power in my life of surrender over control and what that does and the fact that I can get to a place that I say, Jesus, here's the keys. You drive this, this life. You, you are in control. See, one of the things I think that as Christ followers, it's real easy to do and say, you know what, I gave my life to Christ. He, I'm a born-again believer, and I'm going to heaven, and I surrendered my life, but, but now it's my turn to run my life. And actually surrendering our life is a difficult thing. Proverbs nineteen twenty one says, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. See, control is an illusion. Because whether you want to accept it or not, God is the one that is in absolute control of this world. And the call of Christ for all of us is to come follow him, to give him the keys. And that, that, that word in the Bible is, is surrender. Proverbs 3, another scripture that, that, that I want to give you is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your hearts and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, Submit to him and he will make your path straight. That part right there where it says trust in the Lord. In other words, it's surrender to God. So if you're taking notes today, I want to show you why your decision, our decision to try to control the uncontrollable in our life, is, is it's unhealthy for us. Why it's a better way to live, to live a life of surrender. So number one, why surrender is better in our life. Surrender is better because when I don't, he lets me go my own way. When I don't, he lets me go my own way. And I think this is a lost doctrine in the church. I really do. I think there's there's too many of us as Christians that we believe that God's gonna change somebody's mind. And, and you hear people talk about this a lot of times where they're like, man, would you just pray that God would change my husband's mind or change my wife's mind or this person's mind? And I'm just going to say this to you, and some of you maybe have never heard anybody teach on this, but God's not going to change anybody's mind. God will do things to get your attention God will put people in your life to speak into your life. He will cause you to to be connected to people that will speak into your life. He will cause circumstances and allow things to happen to speak into your life. But God will not change your mind. Why? The reason why is that God's highest value beyond your soul is your free will. God's highest value, listen to me, God's not going to change your mind because God's highest value beyond your soul is your free will. So in other words, when you in your life say, God, I want to be in control. I'm making the decision to not surrender this. God's going to let you do it. See, Our free will, it's the essence of worship. It's what God wants. God wants us to worship him because we decide it, not because we have been forced to do it. And some of us have this misconception that, you know what, God, I'm just going to control my life, and I'm going to do whatever I want to do, and you're my backup plane. God, I will make a mess of my life if I want to, and I, and some man, all of us here have made we've made boo boos, right? Like we've all like bought something that you thought was a great idea, and you like it's just forty payments of nineteen ninety five, and I'll use it. I'm going to work out. <laughs> you know, remember back in the day when when you bought stuff when you were watching TV late at night by yourself. And they had—they were selling the infomercial stuff. Now everybody's buying stuff on Amazon. But back in the day, like the place you made mistakes was you'd watch TV late at night, and they had this infomercial on about working out or some kind of cleaning thing, and you bought a bunch, or knives. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm poking the bear, okay. Uh, <laughs> some of you are elbowing. Yeah, you did that. We've all made mistakes. And, you know, God will let you. Proverbs 16, 25 says some people think they were doing right, but in the end it leads to death. God will let you be in control of your life. If you don't surrender that area, I I automatically think about the Joseph principle when it comes to this area. And I I could do a whole series on this because it's such a, a, a deep principle that I think a lot of us miss in our life is there's a book called God Minute for Good, and it's it's been out for a lot of years, probably 20 years ago that it came out, and it really gives you this in-depth insight of what the life of Joseph really just, it, it just, it shows you the inside of his life. And you know, for the most part growing up, I really didn't understand why this kid that, you know, the the... the Joseph, the the guy with a coat of many colors that was so blessed, he was a favorite, and, and he didn't do anything wrong, and he got betrayed by his brothers. He didn't do any anything wrong. He ended up being in prison and all this stuff. One thing after another is happening bad, and one of the things that you start to see when you look at his life, and this book talks a lot about this, is that that what what happens is the Joseph principle is that, Every time that Joseph is right on the verge of really seeing a breakthrough in his life, he takes control. I mean, a great example is when he's in prison and he's talking to the, to the king's officials. He says, now, don't forget what I've done. When you get there, you be sure that, that you talk to What's he doing? He's taking control of things. He's trying to manipulate, trying to control everything he can. And what happens is you see this is that, that every time that Joseph tried to take control and he pushed in and he, he, he moved in, what God does is he, he lets him. When you move in, and you try to take control, and you try to be the driver of your relationship, and you're like, I'm going to manipulate this thing. I'm going to control it, what God does. Okay, I'm going to back up, and I'm going to let you do it. What area of your life, and I know this is a tough, tough, Question for us to ask ourselves is, but what area of your life does it seem like you are not moving forward in your life? Because every time you're right on the verge of God really doing something big in your life, you're stepping in and you're taking control. And what God does is He's stepping back and saying, okay, you want to do this, you want to do it your way, I'm going to let you. It's the Joseph principle. And I think for too many of us, what we're we're doing in our life is we're really not letting God be in control of our marriage. We're not letting God be in control of our finances. What we're doing is we're trying to control it. And God will let you control it. And I'm just asking you, how's it working for you? Are you at a place that you can say to God, you know, God, I I surrender this. I surrender my finances. I surrender my marriage to you, God. Number two, a a powerful reason why we need to surrender in our life, and surrender is better, is because it's the only path to peace. It's the only path to peace. See, peace is not found in control but in surrender in our life. And isn't it true that you can lose your peace real fast? Like, isn't it true that you can lose your peace by the smallest things? That Some things that happen are just like, they just happen. Like, my wife, she lost her peace uh, uh, two weeks ago, that, that or maybe I think it was last week. She lost her peace. She was doing great. She was texting a friend here in the church, and uh, the text auto-corrected. How many of y'all, like, love that? She was texting and, and texted the word S H U T. The autocorrect did S-H I T. She texted that to a friend in the church, and like she looked down and she was like, Oh my word, I, I didn't mean to text that. She lost her peace. <laughs> I know for some of you it's normal to say that word, but she for her that was like, whoa. And you know what? Isn't it true that, listen, in our life it's so easy for us to spend so much energy trying to control the uncontrollable in our life? And I'm just asking you that, that, that there are, what are you spending so much energy trying to control that you know that, man, this, this is something I can't control in my life? Like if I were to have a bowl up here and, and it represented your life and you have, you, know, you have a certain amount of limited energy in your life, emotional energy, how much emotional energy are you spending trying to control this? And you are one moment, one decision, one thing away from everything falling apart. And we spend so much energy and so much time trying to control this. And what happens is we don't experience real peace in our life. And I'm telling you, real peace comes when we make the decision to say, God, I surrender this to you. I can't control this, God. There are going to be decisions. There are going to be things that you say, that that you do, that you are going to go, you know what, I feel terrible. You can apologize, whatever, but listen to me there comes a moment that you have to surrender it to God. See, when you talk about peace and really experiencing peace in your life when it comes to surrender, I think you got to stop and think about, are you basing your faith on God's identity or are you basing your faith on God's activity in your life? Most of us, what happens is we're basing our faith and, and our trust, it's all based upon God's activity. God works a certain way, our faith grows. And, and, and listen to me, it's a, it'll drive you crazy if you're trying to base your faith and your trust on God's activity. Where you truly experience peace is where you start to base your faith and your trust on God's identity instead of his activity. God's ways are far beyond anything you can imagine, and you don't know what he's doing and how he's doing and how he's working in your life, but one thing you know for sure is you know God's identity, you know God's character, and you know how much God loves you and God cares about you, and you base your confidence, your faith in the midst of the storms and the uncertain moments of your life and the things that you cannot control You surrender to God based on his identity, not on his activity in your life. And I'm telling you, it brings about this peace in your life. Um, Isaiah 40, 30 says this Even youth, youth will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles, they will run and not grow weary, they will walk and not faint. And this, this word trust, which is, is really something that has to happen for us to surrender. The orig- in the original language, this, this word trust, it, it literally means eager anticipation. You have this eager anticipation that, that you are, are eagerly anticipating. It's like Christmas Day. You are getting ready for it. You are eagerly anticipating, you trust God, you are preparing for it, you are getting ready for what he's going to do in your family, what he's going to do in your marriage, what he's going to do in your finances, what he's going to do through this uncontrollable situation that's happened in your life. I'm telling you that there's a moment that has to come where you make the decision in your life. I believe it's one of the biggest decisions, biggest choices that we make every single day of our life is, am I going to choose to surrender or am I going to choose to control? Are you going to control, try to control, try to fight what God is doing in your life, are you going to say, God, I surrender this every single day? When you get up in the morning, you surrender your marriage to God. And you say, God, I surrender my marriage to you. God, I surrender my finances. Why, why is that such a powerful thing is the last area is God can do things I cannot do. Man, God can do things I cannot do. Do you know, listen to me, this is, this is so powerful in our life that nothing we surrender goes unrewarded. What does that mean? Nothing in your life that you surrender to God is going to go unrewarded. In other words, when you give it to God, God goes to work. I love what Chuck Swindoll, and some of you may not know who he is. He's one of my favorite teachers and and writers. And and talking about surrender, he he said this, no surrender, no surprise. No surrender, no surprise. In other words, if you don't surrender, it's just going to be pretty predictable. It's going to be a mess. You surrender to God, and you let God start working in your life. You let him start to work and, and begin to move in, and you say, God, I'm backing off, and I'm going to surrender this to you, that this is not about me trying to manipulate, control this thing. But, God, I'm going to let you do this. I'm going to let you work. Romans eight twenty eight says, And we know that in all things, not some things, not most things, but all things, God works if you like to underline or highlight your Bible, you ought to highlight or 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 underline the phrase "God works." Do you know that God wants to work on your behalf? God wants to work in that that moment of your life that 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 unredeemable situation in your life that is not working that you feel like it cannot be redeemed. Some of you right now, you look at your past and everything that has happened in your life and you're trying to control and, and all of this stuff that you're trying to do to make it happen and you're like, there is no way it's going to happen. Would you just surrender your future to God and make the decision to say, God, I need something bigger than my own effort, than my own control. I need you, God, to work in this. What area of your life has so devastated you? I, I'm I know that that this series has 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 really touched a nerve. I've heard from so many of you and had conversations with a lot of y'all that and this series has really touched a nerve because it's so many of us here and you're walking through things that it's we're not talking about oh my washer broke down or my refrigerator's messed up or my microwave's not working or. We're talking about you, you've gotten kicked in the gut. Like it's 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 hit you hard and you feel like as I said last week and you can't even breathe. And everything within you is, is like man. It's like you got knocked down hard, and your disappointment has made you go to, to begin to believe, well, God, maybe you're not as big as I thought you were. Maybe you're not as powerful as I thought you were. Maybe you don't really know my life, and you have eased your way into it to Try to control it. You know how you can start to tell the beginning stages of trying to control things? It's what you, you lay awake at night thinking about. That you're stressing, that your anxiety is going out through the roof, that you're going, well, what if this, and how are we going to do this? And How are we going to do all of that? Would you just get to a place with God's help to be able to say, God, I don't know why this has happened. I don't know why my daughter, my son, why our finances, why my marriage. God, I don't know why my health. Why why God? Listen to me. I'm I in no way, I'm standing up here to tell you that this is something that you, know, you just get over it. Suck it up. I'm not saying that. I'm just encouraging you to lean into God and say, God, I choose, I make the decision to not try to control this thing, but I'm going to surrender it. And I'm going to trust you. It's painful, it hurts, but God, I'm going to trust you. Now, I believe in the power of that you need to speak this out loud in your life, that you need to speak this, whatever area it is. If it's your kids, find some moment today to say, God, I cannot control my kids. I surrender them to you. Now, if your kids are five, you can control them. (laughs) Please control your kids, especially at church. But they're 25, 26 years old, and they're doing a bunch of crazy stuff. And just say, God, I surrender it. I surrender my marriage. I surrender this area. Speak that out loud. If you're a couple here today and your marriage, man, is, is hanging from a thread, I'd encourage you to gather to pray this together and say, God, each morning, man, we are going to surrender our marriage. Or we're going to surrender our relationship to you, God. You work. You bring healing. You bring restoration. I want to ask you to bow your heads today, and I want to pray today. Um, You know, one of the greatest decisions that you can make is to, to surrender your heart to God and to ask him to come into your life. Surrender your life as a whole to him. And if you've never done that, never made that initial step, that initial decision to make him the Lord of your life, I just want to encourage you right there where you're at to make that decision to say, Jesus Christ, I surrender my life to you. I make you the Lord of my life. I receive forgiveness of my sins today. I receive you today as my Savior. Father, I pray for every person here today, God. God, there's things that are going on in our lives that nobody has any idea how devastating it is to us, how, God, it has messed up our plans. But, God, we know that you love us and you care for us. And, God, we make the conscious decision that I know the enemy is wants to make us doubt you, God. The enemy wants to make us believe that it's time for us to take control. But God, we will drive a stake in the ground and say, God, we trust you. God, we surrender this to you, God. God, I surrender my health to you, God. I surrender my finances. God, I surrender my marriage. I surrender all of these areas. God, you are the one that we need to work in our lives. God, you are the one that we want. And Father, so we make that decision today that we will surrender to you, God. We thank you, God, in your name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com.